Thank you for tuning in at Ravenna Assembly of God. We hope you enjoy this message and are blessed from it. If you want to tune in to more messages, log on to RavennaAG.com and search under the Media tab. Thank you and God bless. Dear God, I know I'm supposed to be thankful in all things, in all the seasons, through trials and tribulations, in good times and bad, but here I am in the middle of it, sad and overwhelmed. The world as I knew it is gone. People I love are suffering. The life I walk through is suddenly no more. I can't gather around a table and celebrate family. I can't hold hands with those I care about. Instead, grief and despair seem to be eager dinner guests. God, I don't feel like celebrating. But I sit at my table and I close my eyes listening for that still small voice the one that always manages to rise above all the noise of this life i hear you above the sadness above the fear above the bewilderment of all that has happened this year there you are whispering be still and know that i am god and i close my eyes and i take a deep breath and I find my thankfulness in a God who is still in control. Amen. We are living in some interesting times, to say the least. Last week we started on a study called Chaos. I didn't plan on a two-week study, but God did. And so he made me aware of that a little bit later because there's something that comes out of chaos that we need to take a look at, otherwise we continue to become derailed. I'm going to ask you to stand with me. That's not an inconvenience. You've only stood once so far this morning. And I'd like for us to read the scripture together. So if you have your notes there, you can read with me. It says, And when Pharaoh drew near, the children of Israel lifted their eyes, and behold, the Egyptians marched after them. So they were very afraid, and the children of Israel cried out to the Lord. Then they said to Moses, Because there were no graves in Egypt, have you taken us away to die in the wilderness? Why have you so dealt with us to bring us up out of Egypt? Is this not the word that we told you in Egypt, saying, Let us alone that we may serve the Egyptians? For it would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than that we should die in the wilderness. And Moses said to the people, do not be afraid. Everybody say that with me. Do not be afraid. And then notice this next one in honor of this day. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will accomplish for you today. For the Egyptians whom you see today, you ain't going to see them no more forever. The Lord will fight for you, and you shall hold your peace. Can somebody say amen? Lord, bless this time your word we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. This is an interesting period in history. A couple thoughts maybe that we don't normally think of. And, and in, it's, it's, well, there's some strange scripture going on here. 
Do you remember where these people came from to begin with? You're dealing with Israel coming out of that time of 400 years of slavery and bondage in Egypt. And as a result, in getting them out, God does what? He said something called ten plagues. Well, in all honesty, those ten plagues are really ten demonic entities in a way that, how can I put this? They are, 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 are simply worshipped entities that they're gods to the Egyptians, in other words. They worshipped each of these plagues, each of these entities, as, as God themselves. So, for example, when you have the first plague, the, the river of Nile, the river Nile turned into blood. That was the great God of the Nile. They would pray to that God because every year that, that, that God would overflow its banks and water the, all the grounds and out of it would come the frogs and all the other things that they, they would worship. So you're, you're dealing with in their book that was their God of life. And, and, and whatever was in the Nile then was of God or God's themselves. And, 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 and so <laughs> it, what God begins to do with bringing these plagues in is to show them, hey, you know what? These things are playing God, but there's only one true God, the God who is over those phony gods for sure. And, and it, it's all about the final God. The, and, and notice, <laughs> this is a message for another time, but it ends with the firstborn, the firstborn. Well, like I said, that's another time. But, but what we have is Egypt that basically through this last plague crumbles and falls to bring Israel out of captivity. God said to them, I'm bringing you out. And then they had this, the killing of the lamb and God's presence. And as a result, you have, you have that, that passing over so that their firstborns got God's presence all around. And as they come out, I'm abbreviating, can you tell? And when they come out, they have this cloud of presence that guides them. And it's a fire by night. I mean, let's be real for a minute. You can't ask for more than that. Wouldn't it be neat to walk out of church today and there would be a cloud that we could fall? Of course, that's Northeast Ohio. We could. <laughs> but this is where something strange happens and where it starts. You, you, they, come out of, uh, they come out of Egypt, and as they head down, they come down the main road, we'll call it, out of Egypt. And we'll call it the interstate that they're traveling down as they come out of Egypt. And they come to the top of the sea. And there's two prongs, two, two different exits to get off of there. And as, as, as the one, it, it would have gone straight if they had taken it. it. It would have gone across the main highway, straight down to the mountain of Sinai. They would have made great time. It would have taken them a whole lot less time. Why not go that way? But they're following the cloud. They're following the presence of, of God. And the cloud goes south. Down there, there's nothing but desert. And, 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 and as they're, they're headed down that direction, they go off the highway as they get to the, they go down the highway to, to the great Red Sea. There's sand dunes. There's all sorts of nothing that's down there. And, and, and as a result, 
when they, they come around the bend, they're, they're facing the sea at that point, and they look behind them, and all of a sudden, they see Pharaoh coming out just, just screaming. I mean, they had come from Egypt to begin with. It's been about a month. They've been in mourning over their loved ones that they've lost over the death of the firstborn. And now Pharaoh is, I mean, he's ready for revenge. And so you, 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 you've got all this taking place. He's mad. He's got his honor at stake. His slaves are gone. And, 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 and so you've got this, 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 this crowd of Israel who's facing this Red Sea in front of them, and Pharaoh's coming behind them. I want you to get the feel of this this morning, because this isn't some just nice little Sunday school story that I'm telling. This actually happened. You're standing here. You don't know why you ended up where you're at. You're stuck in the middle again. And, and, and there's nowhere, there's nowhere that you got to see in front of you. Pharaoh's coming after you in back of you. This is, friend, this is not spiritual, but this is very physical. When you get that feeling that comes over you, I'm going to die. I don't know if you've ever felt that way or if you've ever been in a position like that or involved in something that would cause that thought to come through you. <sighs> But here's the crazy thing. God created this mess. He's the one that's brought them to where they're at, that caused what's happened for it all to come together. He made it. Just as we said last week in chaos, chaos is the canvas of the creator. But what takes place and what you're seeing here in this particular case as they come out of Egypt, and as they come to this particular point, not only are we dealing with chaos, but I'm, I'm, I'm realizing with so many lives, chaos results in something called fear. Say that word with me, fear. We're feeling physical fear. They were feeling physical fear. We don't know how to deal with this. And Pharaoh's right here. What do you do? And I'm saying again, this isn't spiritual. The greatest curse, friend, that we have is that we do not see God at a physical level. That's one of the greatest curses we have, is we don't see God at a physical level. We always deal with the Spirit. Look, that's that's one reason, you know, we come to church on Sunday and, and, and you know, we do our spiritual thing and, and then we live normal the rest of the six days during the week. We give God a spot on Sunday and we don't see God in our physical. We don't see God in our workplace, no matter how miserable you might have it. We don't, we don't see God. I mean, that's why we call it secular. And I, I don't even like the word secular. Secular, the word secular comes from antichrist mentality. Though not antichrist, but um, uh, atheist. Sorry. <laughs> the mind's shutting down this morning. It's, it's, the, it's, the, it's an atheist background term, secular in, in that way, which means God's not 
presence. So when my mind is in chaos, my emotions are doing what? They're going crazy. My stomach is in knots, and somehow that's my problem. Israel has the Red Sea. They got Pharaoh. And who got them here? It was the presence of God that led them. But it says, as well, they were scared spitless. <laughs> weigh that word, not spitless, but, but weigh that word, fear, afraid. It's a huge word in Scripture, afraid. The word fear, we, we, we know more of the experience than we do the definition. But when I take a look at this thing, I, I recognize that it, it's a sense of dread. It's like the bottom is dropped off in life. I'm afraid. Fear is dread of something that is about to hurt me or is the pro, in the process of, of hurting me. It, it's a terror of that which is future, even if that future is just 10 minutes away. I'm getting smaller and smaller, and that, that, that person, that situation is getting larger and, and bigger and bigger, and, and fear. It's a mental paralysis, friend, a paralysis of reasoning. Can't think. I don't know what to do. Don't know where to turn. I'm paralyzed in my thinking, yet my mind is racing with something called chaotic thoughts. What they are is a bunch of scenes and sounds that are rolling over and over of what could be, what would be, what might take place. And with every scene or sound that goes through my head, that affects our mind, emotions, and our physical body. Hello? We get agitated. Turn to your neighbor and tell them, you look agitated. I'm in despair. I feel hopeless. Have you ever noticed fear never lives in the present, in the present moment? It always goes back to either the past or reaches out to the future, but it doesn't come in to the present moment. I mean, chew on that. It, 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 it does not live in the present. It does in the past when we put our mind back there. As we project it to the future, we've got all these scenes and sounds and, and what could be, what would be, and everything. Now understand this. The present moment is the only place God lives because the past isn't. It was, but it isn't. And the future certainly isn't that, that it's just a, a mass of thoughts that are in my head. Please, please grab this. Because the only reality is now here in this moment. And that's where God is. God is here in this moment right now. Let, let, me, let me just put it this way. Number one, fears... Fear, fear's fuel is the past and the future. That's what fuels the fears that grab you. Its fuel is the past and the future. 
I look at Israel here, and did you notice as we read it, their, their first reaction, what was it? It was the sea. They know they can't get across the sea. So they look back, and you have the Egyptians that are coming at them. What do they do? <laughs> they turn and say, Moses, it's your fault. You, you should have left us, you should have just left us alone in Egypt. We were, we were, we were happy slaves, happy. Weren't, 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 you know, weren't there is enough you know, graves in Egypt that you had to bring us out here so we'd be buried in the desert? Fear, it's interesting. Fear has got to blame somebody. Fear has to find someone to blame. Fear, it concocts a reason that we're in this mess. So we, we go back and we, and we borrow from the past someone to blame, even, even if it's me, even if it's the Chinese, even if it's the Republicans or the Democrats or the Imbibrats, whatever kind of, who, who knows? You know, we, have you ever been to the place where you blame yourself? And how could I be so stupid to think that I could shake off the chains of Pharaoh? I got to blame. I, I, I blame Moses. Only a fool would have believed Moses. And I'm the fool because I believed him. If only, if only, if only, if only. Those are words that relate to the past. It's the past word to the past. If I can complain enough and blame enough, somehow I can change the past, I think is the way we look at it. If only, what if? What if only? What you know, <laughs> my path to the past. Now here's the problem. We become identified with the scenes and sounds that swirl in our heads. So very basically, I'll just put it this way: I define myself by what's happened. That's what we do. We define ourselves by what's happened. Now, now they see that what happens is they see themselves as what? Victims. Listen, I can lose everything, but that doesn't make me a loser. Stuff happens to me. I'm feeling it, but that's not me. It's happening to me. So fear identifies with the event and says, that's me. That's me. Just because right at that moment, I didn't know what to do, doesn't make me a victim. Okay? I'm tired of seeing what the enemy does to people's minds. That's why the Bible is very explicit when it tells us to be transformed how? By the renewing of our minds. What is my identity? Who am I? I am the beloved of God, friend. I'm a child of God. Hello? I possess the life of God. The Spirit of God dwells in me. That's who I am. Can someone say amen? He's, he's my guide. He's my wisdom. He, that's my identity. 
Look, there, there's, a, there's a lot of stuff happening, but that's not who I am. Who I am is who he is. Through that time that I walk through, what he becomes to me, what I... Mm -hmm. However, when we talk about victims, poor us, you know, Pharaoh's coming, can't go forward. They're identifying with the future. We're going to die. We're just going to die. There's no future. There's no hope. The best we can talk about is, is graves in the desert. Did this happen? Okay, fine. I, I wished it hadn't. If only, yeah. I, I turn to the future and I go from, from if only to if what. And the voice inside, what are you going to do if it happens? What, how are you going to handle it? It, it, it happened to so-and-so, you know. It took place there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What will happen when it happens to you? Because it will, you know. Turn to your neighbor and just tell them it's going to happen to you. Yeah, that's how you develop relationships. <laughs> if we bring God in on this, because we haven't done much of that to this point. We whine about him. How's he going to get us out of this? Where's he at? And, and then we, we identify with it. We're marked. We're marked for death. We're marked to lose. We're marked for doom. Fear. They were afraid. Friend, I wonder to understand concerning the real meaning of fear because most of us, in what I just shared, it, it, most of that which I covered here is just the result of fear. The real fear, the real meaning of fear is to stand in awe, to stand in wonder, to honor to respect, to trust, and to worship. It comes from Webster. He's the one that gives us that definition. And, and, and friend, let me just clue you in on this one. What you feel inside depends on who you stand in awe of. I'm going to let that sink in for just a minute. What you feel inside depends on who you stand or, or what you stand in awe of. They stood in awe of Egypt. They trusted Egypt to be able to fulfill its threats on them. They, they, they believed in Egypt's power to do them in. So they go through everything that we've just talked about. Now, what does the Word of God say to this? And friend, I'm going to tell you, it's all through the Scriptures, and it's, it's a command. Everybody say, command. Yeah, there's some things that you have options on. Well, but this is a command. It's, it's, it is a choice. It's not a feeling, okay? It's not you come down along, you're just feeling it right now. Oh, it's like, feel like, feel like the Browns are going to win today. No, that's not what they said. They said the Browns are going to encounter wind 
today. Okay, going on. I'm not going there. <laughs> I have a famine. So, so they, they, they stand in awe of Egypt. What does the word say? What does God say? Do not fear. Do not. I mean, oh, really, Pastor? I never thought of fear as a choice. But God says, do not fear. And the fact is that it's a command which means I'm responsible. I'm responsible for what I have chosen to fear. If I choose to stand in fear, in wonder, in awe, in, 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 to trust and believe in the power of events and situations and persons who would hurt me, then I, I, I melt before them. Let me just put it this way. The command of God is do not fear. Meaning you fear the Lord, which I know what Egypt's intent is. I know what their abilities and their strength is. I know they're real close as well. But I fear. I, I, I stand in awe of the one who is greater than Egypt. The one who loves me. The one who I stand in awe of him. And because I fear him, I don't fear nobody else. I don't fear what might come to pass. I don't fear who holds office. I don't fear what situation is brewing outside in the atmosphere. I don't fear those things. I know, I know they're there. I'm not denying them. But I'm not going to stand in front of them and fear them. For it paralyzes me. It causes me to pull from the back. Look to the future. Oh, it drives me crazy, friend. I'm going to be real honest with you. That, that, that's just it. That's the fear of the Lord that I, uh, you're going to see throughout the Scripture. It means that you stand in awe of Him. I don't believe in the chaos. I believe in Him. I trust in Him. And He says it's a command. You are responsible for what or who you fear. Not only about you, but to me, that's life-changing. He says it's a command. Okay. It's who I fear, what I fear, that changes everything. T take a look at the scripture. He, he, he says here in Psalm, he says, whenever I am afraid, I will trust in you. Up to this point, you know, I'm racing in my mind, and you say, don't fear, I'm drawing. What about David when he writes there in Psalm 23? Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. It's, it's not, I will feel good about it. No. David says in, in, in verse 3 of 56, whenever I am afraid, I make this choice. I will trust in you. That's my choice. He's saying, I trust you. What I'm sharing with you has nothing to do, <laughs> it's going to sound like I'm being rude, with our thinking. You don't think faith. Hello? Look at Matthew 6 right there in verse 31, where it says, therefore, take no thought. Turn to your neighbor and tell him, take no thought. 
What shall we eat? We're going to fear famine. We're going to fear financial struggle. We're going to fear this, fear that. It's got the power to do this to us. I can just... See, I want you to understand something here real quick. And, And that very simply is, when I'm here in this place... And I'm looking down the future based on where I've been before in experiences. I project myself into, into this scenario. I can just see it in my mind, the suffering, the difficulty. I can just see it in my mind, the financial struggle, the brokenness, the problems, the result of what's happening here right now. I project myself. You know what the problem with that is? If God's in the present... We're projecting ourselves to a place where he's not. We've already figured it out in our mind, but this sure isn't the mind of God. And so as a result, we're down here. We've placed ourselves in a position to fear what can happen to us when it's the reality that God is with me right here. He's he's the one who is the creator, who creates out of the canvas of where I'm standing right now. Here, because nothing is impossible with him. So we paint all these pictures. You know, we call that worry. How many know a worry wart, as we call them? You know what I'm saying? Don't look at that person next to you. Don't do that. I just asked you to raise your hand. You know what happens in grace? Is that though I'm here, when I get down to here, what I had back, here's the whole reason. We try to look down there based on what we have right here. And what we have right here is no good, and it's not able to meet what's down there. God's grace becomes to me what I need him to be when I need it. So his grace is new. His mercy is new every morning. I don't have to worry about what's going to happen here. Because when I get here, God's going to be in my presence. He's going to become to me what I need him to be. I had it all figured out back there, boy, didn't I? What's going to happen? What I need? What I need to take back? Can't have it. Going to fall apart. Gonna, oh, we're going to die. God is with me. Whom shall I fear? See, you know, I'm going to skip that, I'm going to skip that. But can I just say this, over you right now is the embrace of God's love. Over you, the voice of God is. You are saying, you are my beloved child. That, that's, that's so. You are my beloved child. We, 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 we don't think it. But all we can say is thank you. I, I can't think my way into it. I, 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 I can't, you know, I rest into it is what I should do. You don't think about getting into bed now, do you? You just get in it. Oh, does it feel good. Now, Look at this statement he makes in verse 13. And Moses said to the people, do not be afraid. Stand still and see 
the, Egyptian, the salvation of the Lord. Stand still. Everybody say that with me. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will accomplish. Stand still. I looked it up. You know what it means? Stand still. But the picture inside of it means to present yourself, that you are now here. You, you know, how many remember homeroom back in school and teacher would shout out your name and you'd have to go present, here, you know, whatever. <laughs> I love saying it for Sue. She didn't appreciate it, but here. <laughs> but it's about my location. My location is here. I'm talking. I hope you're listening. <laughs> because I'm present. That's, that's the me. That's, that's the me. I am here as opposed to somewhere over there in another part of the building. Look, presence. I could have been someplace else, but I'm not. I'm, 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 I'm here, and, and as a result, I'm presence. I am the... I am thus deliberately present to him who is always present to me. I want you to hear that. I am deliberately present to him who is always thus then present to me. In the presence of chaos, in the presence of this fear factor, I am making the choice to deliberately present myself to him. I am deliberately presenting myself to him who is always, always present to me. It's not a matter of trying to get his attention. He is present to us right now. Now, not after I've done this or I've done that. Hey, you know, did I, you see what I did, God? Can you help me out here now? You know, what, no, did I read enough? Did I pray enough? You know, it's not a matter of getting his attention. He is present to us right now. Just as we are, he is present to us. Just like you're present to that pew you're sitting on. Give it one of these, you know. You're present to that chair. Look, I've, I've, I've stood where everything's falling apart. How many know what I'm talking about? And, and you come to that place where you understand what faith means. I believe God by choice. I said present is what I said. And, and to all the other possibilities, they're there. But going back to the past and trying to pull myself apart and, and blame someone, blame God or, or, or to the future and say my entire life is over, it's hopeless, I'm in despair. Instead, stand still and be present to the God who is present to you and know that he is God. That changes everything, friend. You see the salvation of the Lord. We choose. We, 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 we can go back to the past and the abyss of the mind and, and, and everything else that rolls with it. 
We can go into the future and write our own tombstones. But we're leaving God behind when we're doing this. He's with me now, and he's becoming to me what I need him to be right at this very moment. He is my strength. He is my ability. He is my heir. He is my health. He is my wisdom. Oh, but uh, over here, because I know what I'm facing, I know the news, I know the situation, I know what's been said, and so I project myself down the road based on what I have right now, it's not going to be enough. And I begin to struggle and worry, turn upside down, fluster and flitter. And what other words I can come up with? That's because God's not there. He's here. This is projecting. But God's not in that. And it's here that the enemy will torment you, will tear you apart, will rip you apart, will tell you things that are 10% true. How do you defend against that? But I'll say it again. He becomes to us. Look, friend, get up, get up in the morning and just go out and get some fresh manna. Quit trying to hold on to what you collected yesterday because what you collected yesterday is going to be no good to you tomorrow. Turn to your neighbor and say, that's good, that's good. Life is as it is right now. I, I, look, I can complain for the next six months, but how many know you can complain all you want? It's not going to change anything. I can deny it, but it's not going to change it. It is what it is. But in that is, is who he is. Boy, I got good English this morning. He's not a was. He's not a will be. He's an is. Or I am. And it's only when I accept the reality that this is, and he's here, He's now, and he loves me, and I choose to believe him, even though my feelings are like jello. Hello, I'm having a meltdown. I choose that God is who he says he is. He said, Stand still and see the salvation that I will accomplish this day. You think this time it's the end of, you know? But I've been saying, God's been saying to me, hey, I got a plan. I got a plan for, I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you a future and a hope. God's got this. God's not a magician on stage who, who waves all around and all the stuff whew, disappears. <laughs> What's the gospel? This God who loves you has come in you and walks in your life through you. For me 
to live is Christ. Hmm. He's not up there for me to try to pull down. He's right here in it with us. He's right here in it with us. He's accomplishing and he says he will fight for you. All you do, it's the hardest thing you'll ever do. Hold your peace. Don't go back and forward, back and forth. Blame and complain, blame and complain, blame and complain. Victim and poor me. But be still. Don't be defined by the circumstance. It's happening, yes. But who am I? I am a child of God. Right now, we don't have no cloud. You want to be me? Oh, we got clouds. Okay, I'm sorry. Right now, we don't have a cloud that's made out of his glory. We don't have some fire in the night. Why? Because Jesus said, he's with you, and now he's in you. Say that with me. He was in the cloud, but he doesn't need to be a cloud anymore. It's because he's with you, and he is in you. I am looking at a people this morning in whom God dwells. My problem is to stand still and be present to him who is present to me so that in the midst of this, I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life I live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Which means I am in the one who is my protection. I am in the one who is my protection. No place else I'd rather be. I can tell you my emotions feel like jelly. I can tell you over what I've witnessed and saw and what I've heard and listened to, I've heard of all the students and a lot of the teachers and the aides in our community alone that are coming down with this thing. And, and you think to yourself, and then I hear about the pastors and my friends that, that, that I, I know of a bunch of pastors who are dealing or who I've dealt with and are walking. I want to tell you right now, that's going to make your mind think. Oh, yes, it will. That doesn't mean I'm not going. I'm going to rise up in rebellion. I'm going to stand and, and do. No, I'm, I'm not. I'm going to do what I'm asked to do. But the one thing I have learned more than anything else is that I am going to choose Him who is present to me. I'm going to choose to be deliberately present to the one who is present with me. Do not fear. He commands it. It's the choice.
to do not fear. Would you stand with me this morning? Could you play that for me, Kim? I want to remind us of this song.
the one who defines us. He knows what he's doing. You think you got here because the enemy got one over on God? Do you really think you're in this situation because God wasn't doing enough? Or maybe you were messing up too much and so the enemy was able to take over where God was not able to do anything? God knows exactly where you're at. And as I've often said, he even knows the number of hairs that I have left on my head. He will never leave you, nor will he forsake you. There are times that you lay out in the middle of the night and scream and cry, God, where are you? And it's silent. And it's like there's nothing there. And you begin to question